Hello and welcome to episode 39 of Women Who Rebrand. This week we are talking all about microdosing and we have a very special guest to discuss that. Um, so this episode has a trigger warning. The episode discusses drug use and is rated 18. Today we are joined by Brianna Morse, who is a, a microdosing guide and mindset coach. And we are also joined by my special podcast co-host Dee. Welcome both of you. Hello. Hi. Hi. So Brianna is a micro micro I keep on saying Microsoft. That's so terrible. Brianna terrible is Microsoft. A... <laughs> <laughs> up we all up we all. Brianna is a micro dosing guide and a mindset coach. She works with men and women worldwide to walk alongside them during their micro dosing journey. She believes using Silabilin, I'm not sure if I've got that right, but we're going to discuss it later, um, <laughs> as a key to opening, <laughs> a key to opening more potential freedom and peace within a person's life. She has been a licensed clinical therapist for 15 years, and although she does not practice any longer, she uses her education and background to help people break through the mindset barriers and blockages, holding them back from showing up more fully themselves to live more fulfilled of more fulfilled life blah, 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 I got that out um yeah so welcome again um Brianna Good job. <laughs> thank you it's a lot of information there and those long words so I have ADHD so listen um there's gonna be a lot of mispronunciation there so I'm gonna apologize now and get that out of the way yeah that's okay <laughs> we're all human I mispronounced so much so Women Who Rebrand is a UK-based lifestyle platform that champions growth, inspiring women to live authentically while navigating the challenges of modern day life. The platform is home to the self-titled podcast and insightful articles covering careers, health and wellness and relationships. Join our online community at Women Who Rebrand. So I'm going to say that Brianna is actually based in Greenville, South Carolina, where Magic mushrooms grow wild, which is amazing, in many forests. However, South Carolina has strict laws, and both there's that word again, psilocybin, psilocybin, yes, is illegal. Yes, um, but while more research is being made, laws and regulations may become more relaxed in the United States and UK. So, yeah, for our UK listeners, um, it is illegal here. Um, but Brianna, you've got more to say about that um, in terms of where you are in the States, right? Yeah, yeah. So here in the States, it's slowly becoming legalized um, state to state for research purposes and medical purposes. So Colorado okay. was just the most recent state that it was legalized in, but strictly for research and medical research. So it's still not something that you can buy on the streets legally or carry legally, but um, one step at a time, I guess, you know, so. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's good that it is kind of being done in a controlled way. I think it's kind of similar to, well, some places, I think in the UK, you can actually have medical marijuana. Um, mm -hmm. I've heard more cases of that. Don't quote me and just start buying it, people. Um, but I know in America, marijuana is legal in some states, right? But is that for medical use as well or recreational? No, some states, or it's both? it's uh, we have dispensaries where it's legal, where you can purchase it and use it, you know, with a medical marijuana card you can purchase. Um, mm. And in some states here, uh, it, magic mushrooms like psilocybin is actually legal, like in Oregon. Oregon's like the most mm -hmm. progressive state in all of the U.S. And so you you okay. can grow and purchase mushrooms there and be good. So um, okay. it just it really depends state to state. And, you know, we just kind of got to ride the okay. wave and be patient with it. Over here, mm -hmm. I remember cause big fan, big fan of magic mushrooms. Less microdosing and more macrodosing in my college years. But um, I was just telling you before we, we hit record that it used to be fully legal here in the UK. I mean, they grow wild here in the UK as well. Oh. Uh, you just have to be like an expert forager to get any involved with foraging mushrooms of any kind, in my opinion, because 
a good one, you know, you make the right choice, you have a great time, you make the wrong choice, and you die. So it's a bit risky. I don't recommend it. But when I was at uni, and that age, it was fully legal. I was saying we had hippie heaven in Ealing. I don't know if you ever went there, Sarita, but it was such a fun shop. No, I'm not. I'm, I don't know anything about this stuff. (laughs) and they even delivered magic mushrooms to your house so you'd be having a little friend chill and you'd call them up and 20 minutes later you'd have whatever magic mushrooms you wanted and it was just amazing um and then they made it around about the same time that they reclassified cannabis in this country um and made it stricter they reclassified it from being totally legal to being a class a drug in the same category as um, cocaine and heroin, wow. which was like a big shock at the time. Um, and just awful that they're only now starting to, um, use it for, like you said, in the States, Brianna, research it for medical purposes. And then even then I watched this documentary, which was amazing called magic medicine It's based in the UK, very in London. And they were even talking about how difficult it is getting the permission to use it. Um, even for medical research. Yeah. So it was just, it's just heartbreaking because that Mm. documentary was so interesting in that it revealed that 50% Mm. of people, um, they just do not respond to antidepressants. And one sixth of those people go on to kill themselves, which I don't know if that's UK stats or worldwide stats, but whatever, it's awful and shouldn't happen. And just Mm. from that small study, it showed this like amazing improvement in, um, and it was just a one-off, um, treatment with these people um but it showed like what an amazing improvement it made to these people whose lives were just devastated by their depression and their anxiety so oh yeah it's a shame it's a Mm. shame oh yeah it'll change eventually but you know it does it does carry a lot of really cool components that i think um because of just the history of psychedelics back in the 70s it just like got this bad rap that we just have to keep proving is you know, wrong. Yeah, more research, more research. You were a licensed marriage and family therapist for 15 years. Um, What led you to rebrand as a microdosing coach? What was your journey there? Well, so I'll give you the like short-ish version. I got divorced in 2017. I was living in Southern California. Welcome to the Divorce Club. Yeah, and so I, you know, I wanted to move. I wanted to start life over again. I wanted to live somewhere where I could um, live and work versus like work to live. And so I moved across the country, packed up my car, packed my two dogs in the car, sent a U-Haul with all my stuff and moved to like rural South Carolina, like the country, the woods, the, you know, and it was the best decision that I ever made. You know, when they talk about nature as a healing tool and, you know, when you, when you microdose, like when you use psilocybin specifically, like you start to feel more connected to like nature and life around you too. So, so it just nature for me was such a healing gift in this process of like grieving my marriage and grieving what I thought life was supposed to look like. And, you know, all of those things. When I was um, preparing to move, I had applied for licensure, licensure transfer. And the board here in California was like, don't worry, it'll be easy. It's great. We're the most strictest state. You'll be fine. And then the day before I left, everything was on its way already here. I got a letter from the board here in South Carolina and they denied me reciprocity for my license. And they said, you cannot transfer your license. Um, The class descriptions that you attended don't match our class descriptions. Therefore you need to make up. Yeah. You need to make up five credits um, of your master's program. But the problem with the five credits was it wasn't like one or two classes. It was literally like one credit per class. I would have had to make up five classes. Like I would have had to go to over a year and a half of school just to make up because the description was differently. But I didn't realize you're only licensed per state. Like oh, per state. Yeah. Mm. Here you're only, you, you're only licensed per state. So you have to get, you know, your license transferred or reapply. And so I literally was like, fuck off. Like if I'm going to go to that much school, I might as well go back and get my PhD or something, you know? And so I spent the first year here, um, kind of on a healing journey. I decided not to really work that much. I had had enough savings that I would be okay. And, um, as I started to like eat through my savings, it was like, what am I going to do for work? Like, how am I going to make this work? 
And so when I first started, I was like, okay, well, if like Joe Schmo across the street can call himself a coach with zero training or expertise other than what he went through in his life, then I can definitely coach. And so that's what I did. I I started mindset coaching and I started working with a lot of women who ended up being like super high achievers, super perfectionists, super people pleasers who weren't really happy in their life and something was missing. And that's how I, I got into it. Um, wow. And then what evolved from there was um, in 2019, I had just gotten out of a relationship, you know, here in South Carolina and ended up having a massive panic attack. And I, you know, as a therapist, it's like, I know all the signs, I know how to like cope with things, but like, what the fuck is wrong with me? I'm dying. Like, I feel like I'm dying. And so, um, I started going to therapy. I went to, um, I I saw an EMDR therapist and a hypnosis therapist so that I could really track where all of this came from. And about six months later, I was feeling a lot more relief from all of this anxiety that I had bubbled up inside of me, but I was constantly expressing to her, like, I know everything that I'm supposed to do. And I can like understand based on what you've taught me how to implement it, but something's missing inside my body. Like there's a disconnect between feeling the desire to act in it and actually knowing like I'm there's, there's something missing there. And so um, I had shared with a friend who very similar to D was very like high into psychic, like love taking mushrooms, like, you know, I've always talked about them. And um, she was like, I, you should do some research on microdosing. I think it would be really helpful for you. And so I did the research and, you know, got some mushrooms, told my therapist what I was doing. Although she's an old bag who's like, you know, <laughs> she's like this woman listen if the world was about to end y'all need to show up at her house she has guns packed everywhere enough food stored for like six months she is country she is and she She is old she lives in terminator what's that name um yes yeah yeah she's like yes yeah yes 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 (laughs) <laughs> but but she's also just like legit. She is an awesome therapist, and so it's just so funny because mm-hmm. I told her I was like, I'm gonna start microdosing. She was like, Okay, like so. Let's talk about this a little bit, and it was nice because that's how I I truly believe people should have some sort of support when you're using um, any sort of drug, psychedelic, yeah. SSRI, you know, psychotropic medication. It doesn't matter because we all have stuff inside of us that we can't access on our own. And so as I started this microdosing process and still going to therapy, I was finally able to like have that connection that was missing. And, and I was seeing things from such a broader perspective. Like I just, I wasn't stuck in this old train of thinking. My patterns of thinking were gone. Um, The way that I viewed myself completely changed. The old behaviors changed. And so for me, that was like, okay, how can I, as a coach, be working just on mindset when I've used and experienced this other tool? Like I can't keep it a secret anymore. And it took me, it took me about, so that was 2019. So it took me about a year or so of me like being like, okay, I got to tell my parents about this. My family's very religious, very conservative. Like I've got to talk to my family. Um, I've got to figure out how I talk about this in public without like getting myself arrested. <laughs> like, that how too. do I, yeah, how do I do all yeah. this? And so finally, one day I was just like, fuck it. Like, I'm just going to start sharing my story and sharing what mm-hmm. I know and sharing what I'm seeing happen. And then people can choose or not choose to jump on this train. And that's how I started coaching. <laughs> wow. Well, I, do you know what? I've spoken to a few um, therapists this season. I know you're a coach, but mm-hmm. we're going to say you're a therapist because you are trained. I am. It's just the fact that yeah. you don't have, yeah, yeah, you're both. Um, yep. And there's so much stigma in this country anyway about going to therapy or there whatever. Um, and I find the best therapists that I've spoken to so far are the ones that have those experiences in what they're they're training and what they're working with their clients because then they truly have that I said before like that 3D kind of experience that they're showing because how can you possibly just 
teach or learn from someone that hasn't gone through that experience, who doesn't have that emotional connection or hasn't, you know, just read it from a textbook. It's completely different. So I I love the fact that, you know, you have practiced what you're preaching. You absolutely have been there. You're, you're in it. So yeah, that's, that's amazing. Well, and it's interesting, like having the therapist's mindset in my toolbox of how I work, because you know, there's so many, we're taught so many rules and laws and ethics around like how close to get to clients, how to work with clients, how much to share, how much not to share. Like there's, there's so many boundaries and rules. And so I feel like my move six years ago out here and starting over was all so serendipitous to me getting to this point, because had I still been in private practice, working with children and families, which is what I was an expert on back in California, I would have never landed in any of this. And then I would have never created this ripple effect to work with over a hundred clients already who now have changed their lives, who have changed like these generational patterns for their children. And so, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like a lot of times I was just writing a letter to, um, uh, a, a guy that I'm, I'm dating, we write often. And I, you know, I was telling him like grief and gratitude kind of sit in the same box because without the grief and loss that we have, we can't be grateful for like the healing that we experience afterwards. And so every time we're going through these like challenges and losses, they're also an opportunity to pivot and see like, so what can I do differently? Like, Who can I show up as if this isn't working anymore? You know, so like there's always this like bigger box to step, like the box to step out of and a bigger box to step into and another box to step out of and then a bigger box to step into, you know, so. Oh, love that. Absolutely. That's amazing. So back to microdosing. Um, For me, I haven't had anything like that. I've heard of mushrooms. I've heard of stories where people like go into the woods and see big purple elephants or whatever, whatever, whatever. And I'm like, that does sound like fun, but I'm a bit like worried that I'll either get arrested or just completely like walk off a cliff or something. Yes. (laughs) In terms of microdosing, obviously I know it's smaller doses. It's not just trying to get high out of your face. So could you tell us, Explain how microdosing works and how it's administered. How do you take it? Yeah. So microdosing is when you take, yeah, (laughs) asking for a friend. (laughs) Everybody pull out their pen and paper quick. Um, So so microdosing is a sub-perceptual amount, meaning that you're taking a small dose. And the reason why um, microdosing started to become a more popular and notable thing is because it allows a person to experience the benefits of psilocybin without the huge experience that you have when you macrodose, right? So when you macrodose, you cannot operate heavy machinery. You typically can't function in your daily life, meaning you can't, you know, take your kids to school. You can't show up to your meetings for work. Um, You can't um, maybe even cook or do any because your body processes the psilocybin into what's called psilocin. And that's what produces the physiological experiences like the body sensations or the the hallucinogenic experiences you have. So in a microdose, your body still produces psilocin through the psilocybin, but it's so little that your your physical body doesn't have the reaction. However, the, the things that it's doing in your body, like creating neurogenesis, neuroplasticity, um, and, you know, increasing your serotonin production, like it's still doing all of those mm. things naturally. So over time, where in a big trip or a large macro dose, you can have this like coming to Jesus moment where you're like, oh my gosh, I like met my younger self for the first time and I saw what she's needed. And now I know how to respond to that and react. You can have that same experience, but it's over a longer period of time because you're slowly Mm. introducing something into your body that is allowing you to access more of yourself, but just not as like part of a punch or, or, you know, stronger yeah. of an experience. Yeah. So when you microdose, you can take it in capsule form or you can take it in powder form. There's some people that do it with chocolates. 
Um, I don't really care for that because you really don't know how much is in each piece of chocolate. Like you'll know how much is in a bar, but like, then what do you do from there? And how do you really Mm -hmm. know? Um, when you take capsules, you have to be very careful to do your research around like what you're actually taking, because a lot of the time in capsule form, it's a blend. So there's the psilocybin and then there's a filler that's typically like lion's mane or reishi or something else. And those other medicinal mushrooms also have an effect on your body. So if you don't know how you respond to psilocybin and you don't know how you respond to lion's mane, mixing the two together can be confusing because you don't know what is doing what for you. So I typically recommend that when people first start out with microdosing, that they use pure psilocybin. And that's only because then they can add in and stack in the other things later once they know how their body um, is responding to the psilocybin. So a microdose is typically between 100 milligrams and 500 milligrams. And the recommended protocol is that you have a certain amount of days you take it on and then a certain amount of days you take it off. And protocols are really different between each person. Someone who wants to get off of psychotropic medications may take it more and have less time off. Um, People who are creatives, maybe you know, singers and songwriters that I work with, they may take a higher dose once or twice and then take a longer break because they just want to be in the creative flow. So it really is just dependent on everybody's um, intention, uh, their end goals, and what they want to be integrating into their experience. So it's a little bit of trial and error, I imagine, a little bit of um, I don't want to say teething problems, but yeah, you, a little bit of experimentation at the beginning. And you have an amazing is, yeah. journal and a free guide on your website, don't you? Which to to help give pointers to to newbies in the yeah. field. Yes, yes, yeah. Especially if you're new. Like for me, I'm like one of those slow and steady wins the race people. Like I don't think that anybody actually needs three hundred, four hundred, five hundred milligrams. Like right out of the gate, if at all, like 100 milligrams is going to do the same as 500 milligrams. It really just depends on the experience you're wanting to have. And so for a lot of my clients, the average dose is around 150 to 250. Um, And they're taking it about two or three times in a row. And then they're taking three to four days off. So that's kind of on average, Mm -hmm. the, the people that I work with, how it lands for them. And important what you said, Dee, is like, when people come into microdosing, they have to be prepared for like what they think is going to happen and what actually happens, what they expect to have happens and what actually happens. Because we're working with, we're working with a psychedelic. Okay, we're working with something that expands the mind and brings out our shadows, it brings up our ego, it shines the light on the things that we typically ignore, Um, it brings up more emotion. And so sometimes people's experiences while microdosing aren't 100% positive. That's not a bad thing, because what's going on is it's showing you the opportunity to look at the things that you typically may not have either acknowledged or allowed yourself to experience or whatever that might be. So that's why I always recommend that people use a guide or a therapist or a coach or someone that can help them bounce off their experience with. You need to process that shadow side. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. And we all have a subconscious threshold. You know what I mean? Like we all have a subconscious threshold, meaning like D can only take herself as far as her subconscious limit will let her because when she gets to that threshold, the mind says, danger, danger, danger. Now I'm at risk of change. I can't change because that's unfamiliar and scary. So I've got to put, I've got to somehow pull us back into the old habits. So that's why the coaches and the guides and the therapists are really helpful because just like you said, D, like being able to access more of yourself, like that's kind of the point of using a psychedelic anyway, you know? All of that sounds really interesting. So I've done <laughs> therapy, but not with, um, you know, microdosing on the side, which sounds like the best form of therapy because you're just getting that bit extra. And like you said, just unlocking the subconscious and getting past those barriers, which your brain is like, nope, nope, we ain't doing yep. that. But 
when you start your microdosing journey, can you expect to feel noticeable changes straight away? Or is it a gradual process and Mm -hmm. something that only works alongside, say, your coaching program? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So some people feel something right away. Some people don't. Um, there's a thing called the sweet spot, which is that place between where you feel yourself in a, um, physically you can feel yourself showing up, whether that's like more, more at peace or more happy or just with more joy, no matter where you're at in, in the experience of life, but also having like a clarity around everything that you're addressing. So Some people can feel that right away and other people, it takes some time to like find what that sweet spot is, meaning like how much or how often you're taking it. So it really does depend per person, which is again, why like having a guide or coach with you along that ride is very helpful because some people do it on their own and they're like, well, I didn't notice anything. I didn't really feel anything. Nothing really changed, but it's like, okay, were you intentional with your practice? How much were you taking? How often were you taking it? Um, How were you integrating? What did you notice? Like, how are you tracking what showed up or didn't show up? So there's, there is, it's interesting because to me, and what I hear from clients is like, when we'll start meeting, I give them some steps to take initially. And they'll be like, well, I've never done this. And like, how do I don't have time and you know, all of the things. And it's like, the difference between you getting to where you want to be and where you're at now is actually doing things differently. So you can't just expect a microdose, a pill, a capsule to be the thing that changes it. You have to co-create with, with, with Mm. any of it, right? Like we don't co-create with aspirin when we have a headache. We don't co-create with Zoloft when we're depressed. Like those things go in and do the thing it's designed to do and then we either feel better or we don't. And with wow. with psilocybin, with plant That's medicine, awesome. we co-create, meaning that like the more intentional you are about how you use it, the more you're going to get out of it because you're present to the experiences it's inviting you into. I love yeah. that. I love that so much. Um, but it sounds almost too good to be true apart from being completely illegal in most places yeah is there anyone that it's not suitable for yeah so you know for me I feel like number one it's something that you should be called to do and a lot of people I don't think are connected enough to their instincts and their intuition (laughs) to know what that actually feels like but the people who are will say for I'll get messages like I was just talking to a friend about microdosing. I was on the search page on Instagram and found your page. I read the third post you made and I was like, this is serendipitous. Like I am so ready for this. There's other people that are like, I've done all of the research. I've talked to 500 people. I want to do this because I want to fix X, Y, and Z. The difference between those two people's experiences is that one comes with a direct expectation of what they think is going to happen and the other person is open to whatever is going to come in. So out of all of the clients that I've ever worked with, I've had one client who was unhappy with her experience because she expected it to be a certain way. However, when I asked her what she got out of it, there was a list of seven to eight positive things that were different from when she started. So the, 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 there's that piece as far as like, does it work for everybody? The second one is, is that I do believe that people who struggle with like bipolar disorder, any sort of like schizophrenia or psychosis, like it would not be, it would not be good for them unless they were doing it like under the advisory guide of like a a, a physical doctor, because, um, there's too many, um, both hormonal ups and downs, but the brain chemistry in and of itself could just be dangerous. So I, for me, that's like a big, big no. And I oftentimes will say like, I think it's something that you should try to work through with your doctor if they're open to doing it, you know? Is it the same if they're on meds already? Would you recommend they speak to a doctor first? Um, so I always ask, so I've helped, um, about, I would say like 20 people get fully off of their SSRIs, never have had to get on them again alleviated 
all symptoms, if not like muted them enough to where they're not a problem and they can manage them on their own. And people, and in this category, people have gone up to 45 days without microdosing at all and still haven't had symptoms. So the two things that I ask of them is like, have you talked to your doctor about doing this? Like, have you even brought it up? Because I do think having a conversation is important. Most doctors don't know what microdosing is. And so they don't have any idea. And they say, I'll look up, I'll look around about it. And then they don't do anything. The other piece is, and I, I believe this is like where I get to come in with my skill set is I've worked with um, so many families and and um, clients to get off of their SSRIs in therapy, like through therapy work. And so I know what it takes as far as like laddering down on things and not just like cold turkey cutting stuff out. And so the people that I work with to help get them off of their medications, it's very much like a you know, an up and down of like, let's drop this, let's increase this, let's keep this here, let's drop it a little bit more and see how you're feeling. Now let's decrease this and increase this. And so it's a game of like really playing with what's working and not working. However, there are some medications that um, psilocybin in general does not blend well with. And so you have to be educated on knowing what those are. So, you know, for your listeners, if they're on a medication, they do need to do their research to find out if it is okay, okay. to combine yeah, that with a psychedelic um, drug like LSD or psilocybin or, you know, MDMA or whatever it is they're choosing to use because some just do not work well with each other. Good to know. Good to know. But you touched on something yeah. that I would love to ask more on. You mentioned that some of your your clients have gone 45 days without um, microdosing again and, and have had their symptoms yeah. relieved of their anxiety or, or so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, so what is the normal, I don't know whether that's the right word, what is, is it something you have to keep on doing, the microdosing? Oh, yeah. Will you get to a point where eventually you can just stop doing it altogether or might you have to top up at some point in the future? Or is it just different for everyone? Yeah, yeah, no, that's such a great question. And it is it is different for everyone. Um, so I have someone that I worked with last year, last January, who just, we worked together for eight weeks and she still has not microdosed again and feels and sees the changes that she got from those benefits during the eight weeks. So you can benefit from it long-term Because here's the deal, right? Like if you're changing the way you think about things and then you change the way you behave, as long as you continue that new pattern, you're you're good, you know, like you're good. These other clients, um, like I said, there's some clients and, and this is where I'm like an open book. I have some clients that I have worked with that will consistently want to get more protocol, want to get more protocol, want to get more protocol. So I, I have a, um, source that I use that I send them to. And so I'll, I will call them out and say, look, like you're not taking any breaks. Like where's the integration? Where's the opportunity to take radical responsibility Mm. for what you've learned? Where's, where's taking ownership over your own change? Because for me, I believe that while this is a healing tool, we also have to like take on the responsibility to prove to ourselves that we've actually healed. Like you don't know that unless you, you, Put whatever it is you're using aside. And so, for instance, the client that I mentioned, uh, we've been working together for over a year now, actually. And when we first started, she was having daily panic attacks. She was on 150 milligrams of Zoloft. She was using a weed pen at night to go to sleep um, and constantly anxious, like obsessing, anxious, mind was never stopping. She was always having to be busy, always afraid of something. By the first 12 weeks that we worked together, she was off of her Zoloft and she had stopped using her weed pen. She went, um, that first round, she went, I think 16 days or 15 days on her time off. So my recommendation is eight weeks on protocol, at least two to four weeks off before you start another protocol. So she went over two weeks, no medication, no microdosing, no panic attack. So the second round that we started working together, she was like, okay, I've, I've felt so many benefits. Now I want to go deeper. I know there's more trauma yeah, for me yeah, to yeah. heal. I, I know there's more for me to access. And so we worked together for six months. After the, that, that, that first six months we worked together, she went 40, what did I say? 37 days? 36 days? You I said 45, it was, oh, it was I almost think. 40 
Yeah, 45. She went, she, she went almost three months. No, that would be almost two full months with no panic attack, no weed pen, no anxiousness. So think, I just want you to think about like, again, when you're microdosing intentionally and you're doing the work to heal those aspects of us, anxiety, we are not born with anxiety. We are not born with depression. We are not born with these, like they, they come on after trauma. They come on after a dysregulated nervous system. They come on after we've learned and, and received from our parents how they live their life. And so and that's my belief. That's what, that's how I believe mental health comes on. And I know that other people believe differently and that's fine. But when you give yourself an opportunity to put into practice what you've learned, we don't need the things that we typically use to like mute this discomfort we have around emotions, stress, um, triggers, and all those other things. So like, that's, what's really cool is that like, yes, everybody is different. Um, but I, I really am taking a stand for the way that this medicine is being used because not only, not only number one, because I'm a white woman who is using a tool that was brought to us from an indigenous culture where um, it's very communal, it's very tribal, and it's respected as, as a healing tool to really connect to the community and bring those leaders into a more heightened awareness to support the community. But also because we as a human race tend to abuse things that work really well and take advantage of what they're here to do. And so for me, like I have to be the voice of, I don't want to take advantage of this. I don't want to overuse this. I want people to use it as a way to access themselves so they can see, holy fuck, like I'm a powerful human being who actually has control over my life and my emotions and my thoughts. Wow. Look what I can do with all of that. You know? So that's my, that's my podium talk for a moment. <laughs> I guess not for a recreational thing. Like I said, not to try and get high and abuse it, like you said, and misuse it. I, I wanted to do a show about microdosing and, you know, it's intentional healing. It's an intentional healing process alongside like therapy. And it, I think it's just the combination is just so spiritual as well. Um yeah, I did. I'm, I'm glad that you said that. So thank you. Um, yeah, we're not just trying to um, mm-hmm. abuse it, really. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, but you, Srita, you said something very important, too, which is it does um, psilocybin, plant medicine in general. Um, and I, I, I know LSD and, and the others do the same. But, you know, I, I really focus on psilocybin. Um, like it does wake up a spiritual component of all of us that I think Mm. some people don't know how to navigate and manage. So it's not just like rewiring your brain. It's not just allowing you to become more emotional intelligent. It's really connecting you to a deeper divinity, a deeper divine source within yourself. And whether that's God or, you know, your dead grandmother or the tree across the street or Buddha or whatever it is that you believe in, it doesn't matter. But like, when I think of spirit, I think of like our most intuitive connected self. Like that's where, like, that's how we function through, through sources. Like I only can be as intuitive as I'm connected to myself and whoever is guiding me to be there, you know? So I think that's a big piece that I'm glad that you said, because I think most of us are disconnected from, from that piece. Women Who Rebrand is a UK-based lifestyle platform. Join our online community at Women Who Rebrand. Mm-hmm. So in terms of um, using microdosing, so again, if I came to you and was like, right, my intention is to unblock um, past trauma and childhood experiences, would I be a good client to work with? Would my intention be... Um, say in line with something like microdosing? Yeah, I mean for me my question would be by doing that by unblocking the trauma or unlocking what's holding you back like what do you expect to change? Like what would be different in your life, you know? And um and are you are you willing to be uncomfortable and are you willing for it to look really messy and uncertain? Because 
you know, those are two things that are, are a constant in, in any sort of psychedelic experiences. Like, I don't know where that's going to take you. You know, it's funny because, um, I've sat in a lot of, um, psilocybin and ayahuasca ceremonies and, um, the shaman that I train under, um, who I'm working with to lead ceremonies as well, probably at the end of next year. Um, Field she, trip. I remember the, yeah, I remember the, I remember the first time she said, um, as then this is with ayahuasca, but I believe it's true with psilocybin too. Be careful what you wish for, because how you get there might be different from the way that you want to access it. So you'll get to your intention, but you might have to peel off five or six layers first that you were never prepared to want to look at, you know? And so I think that's the piece when it comes to being intentional with your microdosing practice, because I may set an intention one morning that says, like, teach me what it's like to be at full peace. But instead of me experiencing full peace, I might have to experience chaos first so that I can really respect what peace is in my body. Because I have to let go of the chaos first if I want peace. And that means I have to let go of something that like maybe has lived in me for years and years and years, you know? So that's what I mean by really being intentional with your practice and having somebody there to support you through it. Because what you get and how you get there might be completely different paths. Yeah, it's like this. It sounds like the next level to like shadow work, which shadow work on its own is obviously quite, um, it can be quite intense. Yeah, yeah, but then obviously adding the microdote, you're really just pulling out everything. But it does mm-hmm. sound, I don't know, to me, it does sound beneficial. I don't know. But I guess yeah. because um, it's different for everyone. It's different for everyone. Like you said, you need to be prepared for what might come out and be in front of yeah. you. Yeah. Nice. I mean, I work with musicians. I work with retired professional athletes. I work with like seven figure entrepreneurs. I work with moms who, you know, stay at home and are like missing a piece of themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, I work with, you know, high level business owners. Like this works for everyone. You know, people that are struggling with anxiety and depression, like it works for everyone, but you have to be willing to work with it. A lot of times, like I'll see people as I'm posting, like some people will say, you know, I had a bad experience. I don't believe this is true or um, this is, you know, illegal or dangerous. And so there are fear, like we have to acknowledge the fears that come with working with a substance. But the problem with the people who have had bad experiences, they probably didn't create a set and setting that was good for them. They probably took way more than they needed. And um, they did not prepare themselves for what has been um, stored inside of them that was going to come out. Because the truth is, when you take psilocybin, um, that experience that you have, especially on a large dose, like, it's not the psilocybin that's creating the the, the bad experience. It's your experience Mm. being woken up inside of you, like it already exists inside of you. Mm. And now it's shining a light and saying, Hey, you got to look at this over here. You know, like, so it's the, 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 the psilocybin isn't the one causing the problem. It's the problem that exists inside of you that now you can't ignore. So, you know, and that's the thing about microdosing. Do you think that this, um, often incorrect negative attitude towards the use of psilocybin do you think that that's ever going to change? Do you think it's changing? Or what's needed to change it? I think it's slowly changing already um, based on the research that people are starting to see. Um, so I, I have a, a group that I'm running starting in January for moms. It's just specifically for mothers, microdosing mothers. And, um, you know, one of the things as I was starting to prepare for um, filling the spots and that was I asked them what sort of judgments as parents do you have on someone who is using a psychedelic like psilocybin to heal or grow and so um, outside of they're they're on their healing path and I respect them and um, it's really cool that they are focusing on themselves for the first time a couple of the biggest ones were like, people are going to judge me for doing something illegal. I'm breaking the law. And, um, most people don't understand 
understand what this is. And so really all that says to me is that like, there's a lack of education around how this works and how supportive it is, is, and which is why like, I've taken on the role as not only, you know, a healer, but a teacher so that I can keep, you know, educating people on my platform about the benefits of, of what it is, how to use it safely. And, um, you know, what opportunities arise when you have a tool that can really allow you to expand and grow, you know, because without continuing to educate, then just like you said, D, people are going to be afraid of it. They're not going to have, you know, the, the right, um, information and they're going to go off of what Sorry, just said, which is like Google and maybe Google isn't 100% correct. Google. Google MD. Yeah. Freaking Google, man. What life changes have clients reported to you after going through treatment? You know, one of, one of the cool things is, is if you ask somebody who, uh, takes, let's Zoloft, Wellbutrin, you know, any sort of, SSRI. You ask them like, so, you know, after six months or a year, like, how are you feeling? They'll say, well, I mean, I guess I feel fine. I'm okay. I I don't, I don't really know if I see any change, big change or not. Like that's a typical answer. When you ask somebody who's microdosed how they feel, they typically say something like, I have never felt so much joy in my life. I feel more connected to my children, to my family. I feel more grounded in my experience every day. Mm-hmm. The peace of mind that I have over my day um, oversteps any sort of anxiety or worry I used mm-hmm. to have. And mm-hmm. I just feel more myself than I've ever been. That's absolutely like, amazing because I'm okay saying that, you know, I go to therapy every week. I think. I don't know how people go through life without some form yeah. of therapy uh, and assistance Same. and talking. But I, um, I'm on to Telepram, which is, I don't know what the American equivalent is, but for anxiety. Mm-hmm. And exactly yeah. that. I know mm-hmm. it actually, I know okay. it helps. I will say that it definitely has helped with yeah. my anxiety. But I'm not feeling the fucking joy like you're describing. I want some of that. You know? Yeah. <laughs> It's not yeah. making me feel more yeah. connected. Yeah, it's, it's just true. making me like sleep a little bit no. better, you know? <laughs> Yeah, so so the results that people experience are um, they're they're more deeply connected in their relationship with their spouse or their partner. Like they're they're communicating better, they're problem solving differently. Um, their sex life is more connected and intimate. Um, as a parent, I often hear that like I've always loved my children. Like I'm a parent, I love my kids, but I have never loved them like this. Like I, ha- I have experienced this love where I, I see them for who they are, and I, I just love, I love everything about them. They're more interactive. They're more playful. They're more engaging. They're more present. Um, I, I hear a lot of, um, just like the worry, the constant obsession, and and loud voice in the head that is constantly distracting people from from being in the moment is, is gone. Or if it's not gone, they can hear it and they're able to navigate it without it getting in the way any longer. Like a lot of times I'll hear, yeah, that voice came in and I can talk to it now and I can hear what it's saying, but I'm like, oh no, I'm not available for that. And I'm going to go the other direction, you know? So, and then there's physical experience. Like I work with a lot of women who have chronic illness, mold exposure, Lyme disease, autoimmune disease, and their, their fears around symptoms being triggered are completely gone. Their ability to navigate the, the highs and lows that come with chronic illness, they're not feeling as heavy or as bogged down or, or um, um, what's the word, like, like held back or hopeless from their experiences that they're having, you know? So, I mean, it's, the sky's the limit, but it always, like, even when I say it, like my body just like lights up because it's just like, this, this is what I'm here to do is to like, literally give people an opportunity to like experience what having true peace of mind and joy in their life can really be like, because I feel like I've known joy, but I've never known joy like this. And I feel like I've known having peace of mind, but I've never known having a peace of mind like like this, you know? And I think those two things are a huge proponent to what's missing in a lot of people's lives. I mean, that must make you feel so good that you're helping your clients achieve all of these amazing things in their lives. Yeah, sometimes it blows me away a little bit. Like, you, what? What just happened? You did what? 
you went how many days without microdosing and did what? Like, so like, I, I, like I'm blown away sometimes, even in their experience. I'm like, I, I don't know how it's possible, but it is, you know? And that's the thing you were, like you said, you, you were a therapist before. So you're, you're helping people there, but I guess this is just a different way. It's just like, getting more like the spiritual the spiritual side and like the whole being yes which is you know not just the mind but it's the mind body and soul and once all of those things are connected like you said you can be your just full self your full potential and that's what we're here to do and it's so sad that some people don't even Mm -hmm. go to the lengths of getting therapy which is so accessible. Obviously, you have to pay for it, but, you know, it's a bit of a luxury. But still, like, I just wish everyone could just be as balanced (laughs) as all of your clients sound like they are. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. I know. You know, it's interesting because the three things that I typically focus on with clients, whether that's, you know, like you had mentioned, Sarita, about, you know, addressing trauma or whatever, like there's three key components to anybody really starting to walk that path of healing. And that's like unlocking the subconscious blocks, like looking at what the subconscious programming is. It's increasing your emotional intelligence and it's repatternizing and reprogramming your nervous system. Those are the three things that like everybody always does when they work with me. Now, that could be by breaking generational patterns that we receive from our families. That could be changing the stories that we've experienced through our traumas in the past. That could be just shifting perspective, moving your body, doing breath work. Like there's so many things that happen, but that's the piece that I think people might feel a disappointment from when they're just doing microdosing without the other support or they're just doing the support and maybe not utilizing microdosing as a tool is like there's this really cool combination that allows you to access more of your truest self and I don't think a lot of us even know who that is anymore like I didn't for a long time you know Mm, there's so many mixed messages that you're getting especially like you know Mm -hmm. social media is just on your phone it's just there all of these messages constantly so that adds to like doubt and insecurities and looking at what everyone else is doing and like, well, why am I not doing it? Should I be doing that? And then you haven't Mm -hmm. even thought about your own self. Like, where is that? Mm -hmm. And like you said, with the the mother's group um, that you're going to be doing, me as a mother, you do lose yourself because your focus isn't on you naturally. It's on raising a healthy little child and making them the best person. And then kind of, possibly not working full-time and not doing the things with friends that you used to do and you can lose yourself so it's definitely important for people to go on journeys to reconnect with themselves and I'm so happy that you're doing it for people you're doing it with people so they can so it's beautiful what you do I'm so happy that you came um, to discuss are you still on your own discovery journey I will whether it's fortunately or unfortunately, constantly be on a discovering journey. I think that somehow I was born into this world to be someone who really walks the walk. Sometimes it's really fucking hard and it sucks. And I hate, like, I always talk with my friends about like, awareness is always awesome until you actually have to be aware. And then it sucks because you can't ignore what you're aware of. You know what I'm saying? So, um, so yeah, I mean, right now, um, I feel like I'm in a really great place where I've I'm I've truly integrated the things that I'm learning and life is feeling really good. But um I know that the medicine's going to call me again. I I love sitting in ceremony because I know there's always another part of me to access um I because I've been microdosing for so long like I really intuitively do it. So I have it and I only take it when it just feels like oh today's a day where I'm I can like hear that it's like you know, it's time for you to kind of like engage with me again. Um, But I'm a grower by nature. And I don't see that stopping anytime soon. So I'm like, pat myself on the back, like you've, (laughs) you've earned your medals. (laughs) You have earned your space in the good place. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, on that note, then what's next for you and your business? Yeah. um, So like I said, I just launched this new program for mothers that I'm I'm really passionate about. Um, and I just want to say this because I think it's important. You know, I just turned 40 um, 
last week. Happy and birthday. yeah, thank you. I'm not a mom yet. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm single. And I, that is the one piece of my life that I'm ready to like fill is like having a family and having a partner to share this, you know, next half of my life with. And so as that was really starting to come to realization, um, what I, what I had to like really be grateful for and, and accept was that maybe I have not become a mother yet because there was so many things for me to heal and break generationally within my own life that like, I get to be, I get to be an example for all new mothers coming behind me to like really not be in a rush to be in motherhood and to really do the things to put in the work so that we're not, because I carried so much generational trauma. And so, you know, like the, the mothering group for me is this new baby that I'm really excited about because I feel like it's going to be a new permission slip for moms to pioneer a new way to, to mother themselves and mother their children. So that that's a huge thing for me. So it'll come around again. I'm just sharing that because it will it will be it'll happen again. But um, right now, um, besides working with me one to one or in a small uh, microdose setting, which is like a co-ed group, um, I am officially today launching um, a program for coaches, healers, guides, teachers, holistic practitioners who want to add microdosing into their programs. And so it's a six-month academy. And um, the first three months are tiers that build off of one another on, you know, the steps to um, safely and ethically uh, work microdosing into their practice while also utilizing the emotional, mental, and spiritual aspects of like how to coach somebody through, but very different from any sort of coaching opportunity that I see in even credential programs is that um, the next three months are really about um, supervision and integration. So we're working together in a group aspect to begin working with clients while still working together so that I can really help guide them through and navigate real time working with clients and what's missing and what's not missing from the action steps that they're taking with their clients, which, you know, we can, we can gather all the skills and gather all the information. But as soon as you put it into practice, like throw everything out the door because life will throw shit at you then. And then you're like, Oh my God, what do I do? I don't know how to navigate that. And so that's why I created this program because it's very, um, educational and experiential. So I'm really excited about it. It's called Microdosing Coaches Academy. And um, I, I'm, I'm honored for the, the, the select few that are going to be, be joining me in this group. So it's going to be really awesome. That's absolutely amazing. That sounds incredible. So they, for the, our audience, we're actually um, recording on the 21st of November. So this will go out on the 25th. Yeah. So will there be a chance to, will that come around again? Will you do this course again for people that have missed um, today's um, stuff? Yeah, so they'll have time. So I'll probably keep enrollment through um, mid-December. So oh, okay. if they're watching it early on, then they can still join. And if not, I will. It'll be a bi-yearly um, uh, January and July start dates so um if it comes around again for them in july then they can join them too fantastic do you do retreats yeah because you sound like you're an amazing place like me and dear like when are we yeah. gonna come over and get this plane because it sounds like I'm yes <laughs> yes so yeah so i just hosted my first ceremony and retreat um at the beginning of the month mm -hmm. and um it was the most magical powerful transformative thing that I have been able to witness. And um, so yeah, there will be another one probably spring, April time, and then uh, most likely end of summer, and then again, towards the uh, fall. So that's my like three retreat ish times. But it's yes, retreats and ceremonies are a big deal for me. They're very, the ceremony piece is very um, much curated with, um, I sing, I've got instruments. It's a, um, it's a whole, it's a whole thing. So it's a very, you know, transformative and, and informative going in experience. So amazing. Yeah. I will be sure to put all of that information on the blog on women who rebrand. Right. Um, where 
lastly, where can our lovely audience find you, Brianna? Where can they find your um, website and yes. socials? Yeah, so my website is my first and last name, briannamorse.com, B-R-I-O-N-N-A-M-O-R-S-E. Um, that's my website. And then the best social media platform to connect with me for microdosing is on Instagram, which is Brianna underscore Morse. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, anybody who's listening to this episode, if you have questions, if you just want to connect, you know, let me know. I, I love, I love connection. I love community. Like it's just so it's one of my biggest values. And so, um, I just, I, I love having conversation about all of this stuff. So, you know, feel free to DM me or send me an email and we can chat and, you know, I would love to support and help however that looks. So amazing. Thank you so much. And like I said, I'm going to put all the information on the blog. So there'll be links, everything and some more information about microdosing too. Thank you so much, Brianna, for joining us. I have learned. I know, right? (laughs) I will. Anytime. I noticed that one of your favorite places or on your bucket list is Europe, right? It well, yeah. So I've been to Ireland. Okay. I've been to Scotland. I've been to obviously like Mexico, Dominican Republic, the Caribbean. But, like I want to do like UK, Europe. I need to. It's on the list next year. Well, if you come to London, would so I run the Goddess Temple Twickenham, and we do a bunch of events. I'd love to have. You oh for my a god, how amazing! So, so listen, fun. I will say I've got a client that lives in Africa, and she and I are trying to plan a ceremony retreat in Africa, which would be. Bad ass. Yeah. Whereabouts in, in Africa? In Kenya. In yeah. Kenya. Oh, in Kenya. In yeah. Kenya. Amazing. Yeah. That would be so awesome. Dude, yeah. we need to get our passport dusted off, man. <laughs> Let's do this. Oh, no. but, okay. Thank you so much, Fiona. Thanks, ladies. Um, it was a pleasure to have you. And I'm hoping that people have taken on so much information and learned so much from this episode. So thank yes. you. Thank you. Take care. Fascinating. Bye.